Y'all turn with me to the book of Exodus this morning. Y'all, it doesn't matter how many times I read a book of the Bible, it seems like every time God speaks to me out of some verse or something, it may be the same thing He spoke to me about before, but it may be something totally different. And He has a way of doing that. He'll open your understanding when you begin to search out His Word. Let's start in Exodus chapter 3 this morning, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw nigh, draw not nigh hither. Put off the shoes from thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of that land unto a good land. And a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites. And the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore... Behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, I come to you right now, Lord. And God, I'm here to share your word today. I'm here to deliver your message. And God, I can't do that on my own. So I ask that you show up, that the Holy Ghost would be here, that there would be a holy anointing upon the things I say today, that you would empower me, Lord, to share your word to these people. I ask that you go ahead before me, that you prepare their hearts and minds to receive this word, that they would be open to hear what you have to say, that the Thoughts of their mind would not be on the things of this world, but Lord, that they'd be strictly upon you and your word right now, Father. And I ask that you move today, that the the blessings would come, that walls would be tore down. I ask that all hindrances right now be removed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you bless the service right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. 
Now, most of y'all have all heard this story about the burning bush. It's, it's one, of those, one of those miracles in the Bible that just really stands out. You know, this, this bush is on fire and it's not being consumed. And We've all took, you know, there's times I've trimmed hedges or something. I've got this big pile of, of limbs and you throw them on a pile. And after a week or so, you go and burn them. And, man, the flame just reaches, you know, 20 feet in the sky because of that, that dry stuff and there's plenty of air flowing around in between there. And, man, it just is consumed in a matter of minutes, Right? And you begin to think about this bush, how it, it's just burning and, and there's, it's not being consumed, right? And it just, it's such a wonderful miracle that this, how this happened and how God began to speak to Moses through this bush. But what I want to talk to you all today is, is what, what God told Moses to say to Pharaoh. He told him, let my people go, Right? That's what Moses told God was saying to Pharaoh. He told Pharaoh, God said for me to tell you, let my people go. So what did, what did God do here? How did, he, how did He do this, okay? There's a couple things I want to show you about this Scripture. The first thing, and the, probably the most important thing for some of you to get in your heart today and down deep in your spirit Burn it into your mind, because I want you to remember this. There's a time you will need it, okay? God hears the cries of His people. God hears His people when they're being oppressed, when they're down and out, when they're sick, when they're in need. God hears the cry of His people. And I want you to also understand. Now, you got to understand something about predestination and being called before you fully understand this. But I want you to understand that those people don't necessarily have to be actively serving God. He sees them in the state they're in. He knows who His chosen people are, who are His called people according to His purposes. And He hears their cry whether they're looking to cry out to God or not. You see, you look at the Israelites at this time, they weren't really all concerned about God, the God of their fathers, right? 400 years had passed since they were put in captivity. I'm sure there's some that were, but I bet there's some that weren't. But God heard their cry, okay? Hang on to that. We're going to use that later. God hears the cries of His people. Remember that when you're down and out. You cry out to God. He'll hear you. Are you a child of God? Man, I hope so. I hope you are. But I want you to remember if you are, God hears you when you call out to Him. The devil will tell you the opposite. The devil's going to tell you, even if you're a child of God, he's going to tell you, you've got too much sin in your You've done too much wrong. You've gone too far. God's not going to listen to you. You realize some of the children of Israel were worshiping idols in Egypt. They worshiped the Egyptian gods. They weren't all die hard about the great I Am. Okay? 
But He hears the cry of His people. He knows who He, choo- who he chooses. Right? The next thing is God knows how to get the attention of His servants. Okay? What was Moses doing at this time? You think Moses was every day going and seeking God and crying at God, just show me something. Show me a way I can serve you. Do you think he was doing that? You know what Moses was doing? He was tending to his father-in-law's flocks. He's going about his business. Minding his own business, staying out of sight. He don't want he don't want to hear about what happened in Egypt, okay? I don't want even No, they're looking for me. I'm just going to go over here. I'm going to tend to these flocks. But God knows how to get the attention of His servants, whether they want to be His servants or not. I want you to see that not one time did God ask Moses how he felt about this. Not one time did He say, Moses, will you please go? That ain't the way God does, is it? Look, y'all, when, when I realized God was calling me to preach, not one time did He ask my permission. Not one time did He ask me to sign up on some contract. And he's going, No. He said, you're going to preach. He told Moses, you're going to go down to Egypt and you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. How did He do it? He, he got His attention, right? He, he saw this great miracle, this burning bush. God doesn't always get your attention by a, a burning bush, but He knows how to get your attention. It may be through some tragedy. It may be you have some near life and death, near, near death experience. It may be just that little still small voice. He knows what it takes to get your attention. And why does He do that? Because He's got something He needs you to do. Y'all, could God have freed those Israelites without the help of any human? And He could have just wiped the Egyptians off the face of the earth. He never one time has done that. Look in the Bible. Not one time has God ever freed His people without using people as an instrument. You know, you read in the Bible how God is fighting on our side. God fought the battle for us. But guess what? It wasn't God's hand holding that sword. It wasn't God stepping out in front of them blocking the attack, right? It was those people. God was empowering them. God was using them to do His will. Man, that's a privilege that God chooses to use us to do those kind of things. Time after time, those Israelites would be in captivity and they would be freed. But it was through people that God chose to use servants that He empowered to do His will. Why do I need to tell you that today? Listen, God has a purpose for us. God has a call for us. And it's this community. Told you I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all just hang on. The next thing is that God sends His servant or servants to His people. Like I told you, those Israelites weren't necessarily in the service of God. 
the people in this community aren't necessarily quote-unquote Christians, right? But there are certain people that are chosen by God to find Him. He knows their heart. He knows that if they're presented with the gospel, they will respond. So God sends His servants to His people. Now listen, this this seems like a simple concept, but there are some very important principles here. He sends His servants to His people. Why does He do that? You see, they have to know that this is the person, this is the group of people that are going to lead me out of captivity. These are the people that are following God that I need to be following. Right? They need a shepherd. They need somebody to guide them. Somebody to keep them together, bunched up and and move forward. Forty years they followed Moses. God sent His servant to His people. We are God's servants. He is sending us to His people. Why does He do that? He don't send us to people that don't, don't already need Him. He sent Moses to those that were in captivity. You think God couldn't have sent Moses to somebody else? Yeah. What would have been the point? His people were in captivity. So that's our purpose today. It's real easy to get caught up in the things of this life and living day by day by day and forget that God has sent us His servants to His people. The next thing is that after He sent His servants to His people, He sends His servants to the enemy to demand their release. Y'all, you, you think of this as one instance, okay, in the Bible. But I'm telling you right now, this same principle stands true today. You see, you don't just go and free somebody without confront, confronting the enemy. There has to be a confrontation. All that stuff you see on TV where they sneak into a prison camp and, and sneak back out, no, uh, that ain't the way it happens, okay? That's Hollywood, y'all. It's Hollywood. What happens is, we know our people are in captivity. We contact the enemy and say, release our people, or there's going to be a price to pay. They don't release our people. Guess what we do? We light up their world. Right? We go and we, by force, take our people back out of captivity. Okay? So, God got attention of His servant. God sent His servant to His people. What did He do? He said, hey look, y'all listen to me for a minute. God has sent me. Not just any God. I am. Has sent me to free you from captivity. And they said, whatever. He said, no, look. And he throws his rod down, turns into a snake. He picks it back up, turns back into a rod. Takes his hand, puts it inside his, his, his cloak and pulls it back out and it's got leprosy on it. 
puts it back in, takes it back out, and it's healed again. He said, God has sent me. And they said, yeah, He did. He's got now the attention of God's people, right? The servant. I'm here to help you. I'm here to free you from your bondage. God is going to work miracles. You just watch and see. Am I drawing a good enough picture for you today? So, once he has the attention of his people, the servant goes to the enemy and says, let my people go. God says, let my people go. Notice the, whose authority he's there under. Not one time did Moses say, look, because of who I am. Right? I have status as an Egyptian. Listen to what I have to say. He said, God said, let my people go. Why is that important? Y'all, I ain't going to fight Satan on my own power. Uh Uh-uh. I ain't going to do it. You know why? Is it because I'm scared? It's because I'm smart. It's because I'm not stupid. I'm not afraid of Satan. You know why? Not because of me. Because of Jesus. Because of the power in the name of Jesus. See, through His name, I can say, Satan, God said, let my people go. Let my people go. That's what God is telling Satan, okay? That's what we, as a servant of God, we can go to these people and say, listen, chosen, listen, people of God. God is going to free you from your captivity. God is going to free you from your bondage. Just watch and see the miracles that are going to happen because we're going to stand up in the face of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ and say, God said, let my people go. And you know what? Here's the funny thing. Just like that servant didn't have a choice, he's got to serve God, right, Brother Tim? He's got to do it because God said do it. The same thing happens when the enemy is encountered with God. He said, let my people go. Guess what? It doesn't matter how bad he wants to defy God. He has to buckle. Because God has the power. How many times did Pharaoh resist? I don't even know, y'all. I can't keep up with it. Plague after plague. And he said, oh, oh, stop it. Okay, okay, okay. And then there'd be a little break and he'd get a little bold and say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to do it. Moses just said, okay, here we go again. Here comes the crickets. Here comes the locusts, the, the frogs, the, the everything else. It's coming, buddy. Get ready. Here it comes again. Finally, he just didn't have a choice. He had to do it. What did he do then? He pursued them into the desert. Still not wanting to give up, but guess who won in the end? God. God has power over the enemy. Listen, church. Listen, church. God has power and authority over the enemy enough to stand up and say with with boldness, let my people go, and he has to do it. What would have happened if Moses wouldn't have went? 
Would he have found somebody else? He may have. But you know what? The the end result... See, what happens in between is not all that important. What really matters is God wants His people free. And in the end, guess what? They're freed. They're freed. That's the end result right there. That's the only thing you really need to focus on. God wanted His people free. They're free. God wanted His people in captivity so they would learn to trust Him. Guess what? They were in captivity till they learned to trust Him. Till they decided, I'm going to have enough faith to trust the Almighty God and not follow these other gods. And then they would be freed. It didn't matter how substantial the enemy's forces were. Y'all, Egypt was a force to be reckoned with, okay? Egypt was, man, that was the nation then. I mean, that's who had the power. All the technology, all of the wealth was Egypt. (coughs) Nothing compared to God and His power. God said, "Let let them go, and they had to go. The enemy's answer doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how he feels about it. He didn't, you know, Moses didn't go in there negotiating. Well, okay, maybe you can just let a fourth of them go. Or maybe, maybe we'll we'll hang around for another year, but then you let us go. There wasn't no negotiation. God said, Let my people go. Didn't matter how Pharaoh felt about it. Pharaoh didn't like it, y'all. You know why? It's going to be his work. His back was going to be put to work then. All his people was going to be the workers then. If they wanted anything done, they weren't going to have no slaves to do the work for them. He didn't like it. Guess what? Satan doesn't like it when God's people stand up and say, God said, let my people go. You know why? Because all of those people serve Him. That's His kingdom. You ain't taking my stuff without a fight, buddy. Right? We need to get that attitude. Listen, those are God's people. Take your hands off of them. They're God's people. They're claimed for His kingdom. We are the servants. What do we need to do? We've got to fulfill our part. We've got to do our work. We've got to go to the people of God, first of all, and say, listen, I've got some good news to bring. Praise God. God has sent me to free you. Right? Let them know that. See, if Moses would have just went incognito and kind of hung around the people for a while and and, uh, never really... Maybe he said, you know what, I want to kind of get up a plan how we're going to escape. It wouldn't have happened, would it? If he would have forgot the one most crucial and important thing, you know what that was? God said. That's right, Brother Tim. God said, I'm going to come to you and let you know and I'm going to go talk to the enemy and I'm going to tell him, God said, let my people go. That's whose authority we're under, right? That's who's, That's the purpose with which we do this. It's not because we dreamed up some big scheme. 
It's not because we've got a plan of attack of our own. We're going under the authority of God. I don't need a plan. I don't need a plan because you know why? I'm not the one that's heading this thing up. It's God. God said, let my people go, not Kevin. I'm not trying to build a, a congregation here to serve me. I'm trying to find those that are lost, those that are the chosen of God, those that are in bondage, and it's let them know God is fighting for them. Let them know that God is in control and it doesn't matter what enemy you're facing, what kind of thing is built around you. What matters is that God said, let my people go. That's all that matters. They need to know that, right? Let's face it, people that are in bondage don't typically have a lot of hope. Think about that. If you don't know a rescuer is coming. If I was in jail and somebody else got put in jail and said, oh man, we got a plan, right? I got some friends and we're going to do something. Come on, man, really? You're just like me, right? But if he said, just hold on a minute, because there's a force coming, right? There's a force coming, and they're going to attack. They're going to take us out of this bondage. Then you've got some hope, because he doesn't have your same plight. He does, he's not in the same circumstances. You realize there's a greater power on the outside coming to free you. So when Moses went to those people and said, y'all remember God? Y'all remember the God of Abraham? He told me to tell you His name is I Am. And they said, oh, wait a minute. We remember stories about that. 400 years have passed. We remember those stories that have been passed down. And I remember something about this God that was so great. This great God, Jehovah, that is just more powerful, more wealthy, more fierce than any other being or God or whatever we can conceive of. And I remember how my forefathers trusted in Him and they were helped because of I remember what God you're talking about. What's that? You said He's coming to free us? Oh, praise God. We'll begin to believe in something then. Because there's a force on the outside fighting for us. There's a force on the outside coming to take us out of bondage. There's a reason to have faith building up within you then. I guarantee you if I went to somebody down here in town... And said, I want to help you. And I'd have never identified myself as a pastor or, or anything. You know what? They may receive my help. What good would it really do them? Who are they going to call on the next time they need help? Me. What's that old saying? Give a man a fish, it'll feed him for a day, but you teach him how to fish. Look, y'all, when you teach some people, there's another source. 
it ain't us. It's not this church. There's a greater source. There's a mighty source. There's a source they can just go to. Because see, He hears the cries of His people. He hears His people. All they have to do is don't worry about what kind of shape they're in right now. Don't worry if they're beaten down by drugs. If they're in captivity to all of those worldly things. All they got to do is cry out to the great I Am. Is He hears the cries of His people. They can turn from whatever circumstances they're in. Y'all don't judge them now. Don't judge them for where they are. You don't know what it took to get them there. All they've got to do is raise their head and say, Father. Maybe they don't know Him as Father yet. You see, we receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. They may not know that yet. But they say, God, I don't even know how to pray, but I need some help. You know what? He knows them. He knows His people. He knows who will cry out to Him. He knows the intent of their heart. He knows where they're headed when they do turn to Him. And He will hear the cry of His people. He'll begin to send servants out into the field that are willing to bring the message. Moses didn't do anything, y'all. All Moses did was convey the message. All he did was to be obedient to God. He went forward and said, God said, let my people go. And if you don't, guess what? Water's going to be turned to blood. Frogs are going to come and eat up everything. Then they're going to die and just stink the whole place up and make everybody sick because there's all sorts of infections and everything else. And then locusts are going to come and they're going to eat all your crops. You ain't going to have nothing to drink. You ain't going to have nothing to eat. Everybody's going to be sick because there's dead nasty frogs laying around everywhere. And you ain't going to know what to do. So go ahead and let my people go. Right? he talk to Pharaoh like that? Pharaoh was a king. The Egyptians considered him a God man. Right? And Moses walks in there, can't even talk. Try to make all kinds of excuses to God. And he said, God said, let my people go. I don't know what else to tell you. Right? See, he didn't have to explain to Pharaoh, look, if you'll do this, then God will do this, and, and this will happen. And he didn't have to, no, he's, God said, let my people go. Are you going to do it or not? <laughs> it's easy to get cut off. Listen, listen, y'all, this Bible was translated, okay? When this was translated, for the most part, 1611, what, how did they talk? Thou therefore, whither to, henceforth. I'm trying to tell y'all in today's language. Moses said, God said, let my people go. Now, you going to do it or what? That's how I would have said it. If God told me and I went, I would just tell him, look, this is the whose authority I'm here under. I really don't have anything to add to this. And you know what I'm going to ask you next? Now that you've heard this, what are you going to do about it? There ain't a soul sitting here today 
that ain't called by God. There ain't a soul sitting here today that ain't chosen by God. You were once in bondage if you're not still. You were once in bondage. Somebody had to be obedient to God, whether it was a pastor, an evangelist, whether it was one individual, a friend that came to you. Somebody told you that there was hope. Oh, listen, y'all. I remember that day. Y'all remember that happy day when He washed your sins away. Y'all heard that before, right? That happy day. You know what was even better? Was when I heard, wait a minute, I'm going to go to hell. The thing I'm in right now ain't the worst part. The thing I'm in right now is bad enough as it is, but that ain't the worst part. But the wonderful news, the gospel, the good news, y'all know that's what it means, right? The good news is that I've got a Savior. I've got somebody coming to redeem me. I've got, there's power out there, right? There's a greater power than me. I can't do it on my own. I've tried too long. I can't do it. But I've got a God. I've got a master, a savior, a king that I can turn to, and he hears my cry. Oh man, that's wonderful news to a lost person, y'all. <laughs> that's wonderful news to somebody that's in bondage to know that God hears their cry. You know how many times I've prayed and felt like he didn't? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever been there? cry out, you feel like everything's falling apart around you. God, help me. It seemed like He didn't hear me. What I tell you all about feelings and emotions? They'll deceive you every time. The Word of God says that He hears the cry of His people. See, when y'all go looking in the Bible for promises of God, here's a little bit of wisdom, Okay. Don't look for something that says, God promises to do this. You ain't going to find any of them. But when you can look in this Bible, see, God doesn't change. Right? Does anybody think He does? God doesn't change. So when you look in this Bible, and you read here in Exodus, it says, I, meaning God, have heard the cry of my people and their affliction. I see their affliction and the the oppression of their taskmasters. That don't just hold true for thousands of years ago. That holds true for all of eternity. doesn't matter where you find yourself. You can stand on that promise that God hears the cry of His people. I told y'all you need to burn that deep within. See, there's going to come a time in your life, if it hasn't already, that you're going to need that. Right? Brother Larry, you've been in places like that before and you needed to know that God would hear your cry. Man, I've been in places, y'all. Listen, let me just give you one example. I'm going to wrap this up. When I joined the army, there was a time I had to, as a... 18-year-old kid, get on a bus and go down to Houston. And you know where the bus terminal is in Houston? It ain't out in spring or, or the woodlands, okay? It's in the middle of downtown. Here I am, an 18-year-old country boy. 
Ain't ever been left alone in the city. You think I wasn't concerned? I'm here to tell y'all today, scared ain't the word, okay? I'll be honest with you. I'm not trying to be something I'm not. When I got off that bus, I had my bags, I kept them close. And I was waiting for the opportunity that I was going to have to spin around and start swinging the bag. Because there's all kinds of trashy people everywhere. And guess what they want to do? They want to come up and talk to you and say, Hey man, you got any money? And they're kind of looking you over the whole time. Looking at what they might can steal. I had to... See, this ain't bad enough. It wasn't bad enough I got dropped off there. Guess what I had to do? I had to wait on somebody to come get me. So I went over to this McDonald's, made a phone call like I was supposed to on the pay phone. Okay, yes, somebody been there in about 10 minutes. Well, 30 minutes later, the guy shows up finally, right? So during all this time, I'm sitting here at McDonald's holding my, my bags and keeping a lookout. And this lady wants to start talking to me about God. <laughs> God hears the cry of His people, y'all. God hears the cry of His people. See, I was praying, y'all. I was praying, God, just get me through this because I don't know what to do. If somebody, I'm afraid of people. I, I don't like being put in those circumstances where I'm not familiar with what's going on. People come up strangers and they want to talk to you. My first reaction is, what do they want from me? Because they ain't what about conversation in downtown Houston, okay? But even in that situation, when I'm totally unsure of all of my surroundings, y'all, I wasn't in some dark, deep, depressive state in my life. But I was in a place I needed God. God sees where you are, and He hears the cry of His people, and He will send those that can to minister to you. Bury that deep within. You may not be able to remember no Scripture. So people get hung up on that. I can't understand the Bible. I can't remember what I... Oh, listen, remember the principle, okay? God hears the cry of us. I can't even tell you what verse I just read that in right now. That doesn't matter. What matters is that promise that God will hear me. He will hear me. And guess what? He's all about freeing me from my bondage. Yes. 